I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. We are joined once again by Mr. Chad Prather. Thank Yay. you. Yay. Yay. You can now say Blaze TVs. Yes. yes. Blaze TVs own Chad Prather. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yes. All right. So, Glenn, what's the top story for top you? Top story today is uh, the media Rubicon. It has been crossed. All right, still. Uh, we know everyone in Washington spends more and more of our money. What if I told you there were a few people who actually weren't in Congress? I want to hear we their names. We have names, and we have the worst offenders as well. Ooh, I can't wait for that. Chad. I know that we have covered this topic numerous times, and you have as well in recent episodes, but let's continue to talk about this abortion issue, specifically the state of New York and some of the other parameters that are involved here. Amen. Right. All right, a lot to get into there, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Uh, I was uh, in a car crash in 2013, had a really messed up back and neck. Uh, (laughs) That's a technical term. Mm -hmm. And I was in a lot of pain. I tried acupuncture since I'm kind of a hippie. You guys know I tried. I've done acupuncture. Have you? Yeah. It didn't, it didn't work for me. Yeah. It just Mm. did not work for me. I had an old Chinese guy and. uh, (laughs) That's what, okay. I didn't have. Yeah, no, I had an old Chinese guy. I have to spit on the needle. I shouldn't have gone with the white person. I whispered have in my better. ear, "You are fat." And, uh, <laughs> it worked. It worked. I lost weight. Though, right? But no, he meant fat, fat, and that's why I lost all that weight. You oh. know, right when we were doing TV, and now my back's bad again, so I got to go see yeah. the acupuncturist. Seriously, though, uh, there are a lot of Americans in a lot of pain all the time, and you try all of these drugs, uh, big pharmaceutical products that Stu over here likes, but. Sometimes they just don't work, or maybe you just don't want to put those nasty things in your body like me. Uh, so Relief Factor, it's drug-free, it's all-natural, and it fights the inflammation. 70% of the people who try it go on to keep buying it, so it's working for them. It can work for you. Works try for it. Yes, it's worked for Glenn as well, and he was in way more pain than I was. You can go to relieffactor.com, get a three-week quick start pack for $19.95. So if you're one of those 70 percenters, you are out of pain, and if you're not, you've spent $20. I think that's worth the investment. Go Low to risk. relieffactor.com. All right, Glenn. All right. Um... The Rubicon has been uh, crossed, and we've kind of talked about this all week, but I think it's, I think it's um, of growing importance because Microsoft came out today with their new shield, their media shield. We are going to be the protectors of truth. <laughs> and so now Microsoft, uh, and it will be followed by Facebook and it will be followed by Google, um, has uh, gotten together and they've decided that Slate, perfectly good. They get a green check mark. Uh, CNN, green check mark. MSNBC, green check mark. Blaze, red shield. Yeah, we're not sure we can trust the Blaze. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, here's why this is important um, because the others are going to start doing it and they will start to change algorithms. This is the beginning of silencing of voices officially because, well, they're not trustworthy. Uh, they're officially not trustworthy because we have we have a shield. Um, when the media, in in all the times of my life, they have spun things, but I can't think of a time when you were you know. Kennedy's not dead. No, here's the picture. He's dead, okay? I don't know of a time when we had the photographic or audio evidence. And, you know, Nixon, release the tapes. Okay, we all knew whatever's on the tape, it was done, okay? 
And he resigned because of the tapes and the 19 minutes of missing tape. We always had a standard of your eyes. Now, we're going to lose that standard with deep fakes, but it doesn't matter. They're not even waiting for deep fakes. Today, NBC had uh, Nathan Phillips on, and it was incredible what they allowed him to say. I saw this. I was there. I stood there. There's no pushback. Well, you know, but the videotape shows something entirely different. No pushback whatsoever. The media has crossed a Rubicon. And the Rubicon here on this side of the bridge is truth. And and if I get caught kind of bending that truth, I'm in trouble. On this side is, I don't really care what the truth is. And I don't care if you show me pictures. I'm going to deny it. We have gone into what I would call Hitlerian kind of uh, space to where just keep saying it louder. The louder you say it, the more times you say it, the bolder the lie is, the more people will buy it. That's what Hitler said. Well, what is it that the media is doing? And if they're willing to do this now to a kid, let me ask you, what do you think they're going to be willing to do during the 2020 presidential election? What do you think they're willing to do on all of the anonymous sources. How many times? We don't know. How many times have they taken an anonymous source and they have juiced it up and has there ever been a time when the anonymous source went, geez, man, that's not what I said. I didn't say all of that. But who's going to believe anybody? They don't care. We have to establish within our own tribe... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Within our own tribe, we have to um, establish the rules of truth. The shield has come out from Bill and Melinda Gates and Microsoft. And they're the guardians. Well, you know what? I want to establish our own little checkmark system because I don't approve of Bill and Melinda Gates. And I don't approve of the standards of Microsoft. And I don't approve of the standards of Facebook and the New York Times. So I think we should have a little checkmark system too. And you give me that little red shield, I'll take it gladly. Um, do I count as part of the tribe if I'm only one 1,024th uh, your tribe? Is that still? Well, did you hear the news about Nathan Phillips? No. He's only one 1,024th uh, a, a Warren. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's crazy. crazy. Which, tell me, that, I prom- that's too much. <laughs> that is too much. too much. That's just the lying part. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think there, the problem with this is, of course, there are a lot of bad sources on the Internet. And there is an actual role for someone who would take this seriously, I think, in trying to decipher between not just like, oh, well, the New York Times and Huff- I mean, Huffington Post is on the list with a green check mark. Come on. Well, he said like, Slate, and I was slate. like, okay, I immediately distrust this slate. list. I mean, HuffPo. Yeah, I mean, like, I look I mean, at... Just for this to come out this yes. week... Yeah, MSNBC. It's just terrible. Like, I think there is a great role for an organization to take this on and separate, like attempts at news and real attempts at it where like you might see, we might see it from a conservative perspective maybe mother jones sees it from a liberal perspective but at least we're you know showing you what we think is true and trying to report on it um you know where there's places that you know there's a story that goes around all the time where there's a, a, a guy who went who called up a prostitute and went to go see his uh, the prostitute and the prostitute turned out to be his wife 
and they have a picture of him. And it's in there was one that happened in Illinois and there's one that happened in Kentucky and one that happened in Georgia. The thing is, it's all the same story. It never happened once. And people just post it all the time to try to get these clicks. These are like they're legitimate. That's what fake news really is. Right. It's this is just completely made up. And people think these stories are true. They, they fraudulently manufacture fake stories about celebrities and presidents and, you know, that they are on, you know, that Chip and Joanna Gaines are selling, you know, face cream. And they, that's why they quit their show and all these things that actually are fake news. That's separate from a, a different political perspective, analyzing a story uh, from, a, from a different place. So let, me, let me ask you this. Is it fake news to say there is no humanitarian crisis on the border? When they were saying it, while those people were climbing over the fence. Yeah, I mean, I... That was I, fake, that yeah, was fake, fake news. news. It is fake news, although, again, you don't judge it though. by one... First of all, crisis right, in and of itself subjective. is a word that's somewhat subjective. Yeah. Secondly, you know, uh, that's one... Might be one story. It, it, you don't throw out everything from one publication right. because you find a couple of stories. No, we all no. have stories where we no, screwed up. I agree but there you. is a line there where it... You look, the Huffington Post and the Blaze is a really good example. First of all, we're not really even an opinion site. So Huffington Post is almost all opinion. They're constantly, you know, just churning out liberal opinion. To, to approve them and not us is blatantly just partisan. And that's where I think the big problem is. You're not going to get any credibility. Well, I say that we don't, we don't separate... Um, uh, opinion and market opinion or news. Well, uh, uh, let's see. Go right now to msnbc.com, click mm-hmm. on a story about Rachel Maddow, yeah. and see if it's marked opinion. It's not. The answer is no. We it's always, not. I mean, every time I see something that's opinion on our site, it says commentary before anything else so that it's designated that this is opinion. It is really, it is, but, here, but here's, here's the thing. You're right, Stu. It's always been a place where you could say, crisis, well, you could argue that. Mm-hmm. Not this week. Not this week. We have the video evidence of what really happened. Yeah. Now, you can say the smirk, but you cannot say anything else. And I'm sorry, but a smirk is not against the law. Yeah. A smirk is not a trigger. Okay. This is ridiculous. If this story is really all about a smirk, then America needs to hear this message. Get a frickin' life. (laughs) It's not about that. They claim that these were just four old black men who were... This is is the line I read last night. Who were just preaching the Bible. (laughs) Now, maybe the press looks at this, and that's what they actually think is in the Bible, which would explain why they hate so many Christians. I don't know where that whole, we're going to put our foot in your ass quote comes from right in the Bible, but yeah. <laughs> Crazy I think it's in the back somewhere. Yeah. Let, me, weigh in on that. let me just say, 25 years ago, we were saying that there's no possible way to sustain a 24-7 news cycle. We're going to run out of things to talk about. They're going to stop reporting the news, and it's going to become mostly opinion because they have to fill the airtime and they have to trigger people in order to keep them engaged. 12, 15 years ago, we were talking about a definition for postmodernism because we saw a generation that was coming in to this so-called postmodernism. The problem is no one could define it as a philosophy or a worldview. So now you take people who have to run their mouths for a living 24-7 and this, this, this out there in the ethereal idea of postmodernism where interpretation of reality is what I make it in my mind and you put those things together and you see what we have now in the modern news media. It has gotten crazy. It's all opinion. Gone are the days of of journalistic objectivity so that I can read a news story and at the end of it I don't know the opinion of the writer. Right. I just know the news. Now everyone knows exactly how they feel on that subject. So, so, So help me out. 
play this out for another 18 months. What does the media look like in 18 months? What check marks or shields or protections do these big mega companies start to give and they start to say, this opinion is fake. This site is fake. And they start limiting access because they're doing that as their patriotic and human duty to make sure that this poison doesn't get out because it's all fake. So we start to be shut down and silenced. And what is going to happen on the other side? The reason why things get worse is because there's no heat on the stove. If you're told a million times fire is hot and you stick your hand in the fire and you're not burned, you're going to you're going to start juggling fiery logs and you'll and you'll be great. <laughs> you'll be you'll have no pain until you're dead. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. They touch the stove. Well, nobody said anything. It's not hot. I didn't get burned. Oh, now I'm going to cook everything over it here. It keeps escalating. I, and I think, too, there's you know, the idea of, like, look how many companies went out of business because Facebook changed their algorithm, not you know, even admittedly on partisan terms or fake news terms, just on they, they no longer wanted that much content going to people and put tons of companies out of business. Think of how easily you're going to be able to put pressure on certain companies with certain opinions. I mean, BuzzFeed, despite their $500 million in funding they've received, uh, you know, or whatever the number is, uh, just laid off 15% of their workforce. You know, it's already hard to be a media company. If these big, overwhelming, like, you know, the, the Microsofts, the Facebooks, the Twitters come in and start saying, like, this, this, this right-wing opinion is not okay, it's going to destroy this industry. Completely. Uh, and, and they're going to be able to do it as sort of the overlords of it uh, from the beginning. And they'll it's- do it in a way that you won't know they're building a wall around you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we have right now, by the end of this month, we should just the blaze.com, not blaze TV, just the blaze.com should have about 20 million unique Americans going and reading something on the blaze.com. That's 20 million. That's an awful lot of people. That number is growing. They can easily. Turn all that stuff down because people don't go to dot com. They don't type in the whole thing dot com. They usually get it on Facebook or Twitter or some other place, Instagram, and they click on it or they'll go to the Apple News feed. Well, all they have to do is change a little algorithm and all of a sudden the average person doesn't notice that they're not really getting very much from the blaze dot com anymore. And your voice is behind a wall and no one hears it. Yeah. And having run a media post or, or, or a, a blog post or anything, I, we have the analytics. We can show you that it's oh, yeah. happening. I mean, again, it puts it right there before your eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole deal. I almost think that this is why people have said, as a comedian, as a person in the entertainment industry, why, why, why bother with politics? Why don't you just stay neutral and all that? Because the longer we have values and stick our head in the sand, the more we're the ones that are going to get crucified in the end. I like the checkmark idea on behalf of conservatives and conservative thought and folks that go out, hey, use their tactics. Let's create a whole hashtag campaign that says yeah. shield for red, right. hashtag shield for red, right. you know, because they're doing it on social media. You know, hashtag guard for red. And then all of a sudden when they're starting to shut that down, people are going to say, wait, I thought they were for conservative thought as well. (laughs) So create that campaign and take it out there to them. Now they have to explain, why was this a trending thing? Saul Alinsky tactics is make your enemy live to their standard. Yeah, They can't do it, so let's do it. Let's do it. All right, uh, let's take a break before we get into the rest. 
the media, speaking of the media, you go to the grocery store and you look at, um, you know, the checkout line. There's magazines there. And sometimes the magazines there are a little bit too risque. Um, I know I was sharing. Cosmo has always been, but society has moved Society moved to where Cosmo was in like 1980. So now we're living in the Cosmo world of 1980, and Cosmo is living in penthouse. Yes, way ahead. 1980. Yeah, yeah. and with yeah. the he- even with the headlines on the cover, I can't get over it because I mean it. First of all, I'm embarrassed by reading them. Second of all, I have my six-year-old son who's learning to read, and he's like. And I'm like, stop reading. It's nothing. This is why, as a parent, you take the bird box approach. You just blindfold them everywhere you go. We were driving to my 13-year-old son. We were driving downtown to Dallas to see my sister, my daughter in the hospital. And uh, there's this board for for sexy adult toys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate that billboard. And my son, 13 years old, with his mom and dad... He, we're just joking and we're reading stuff and just, you know, we joke as family. And so he starts reading this one because it's about toys. And he's like, we got the best toys for, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. So, uh, but anyway, Victoria Hearst, she is a member of the Hearst family who also owns Cosmopolitan Magazine. So it's a little bit awkward. But um, she is with us that Cosmo should not be allowed to be sold without the harmful to minors laws applied to them. I think we can all agree that that's fair. She's not trying to censor their free speech. So um, if you want to learn more about this campaign, which you should, because our children are reading this, this affects our children, you can go to CosmoHurtsKids.com. That is CosmoHurtsKids.com. All right, Stu, give us the names. There's a, uh, an organization, that at least this is the first time I'm aware of it, um, uh, and it's called, of course, um, the, coalition the Coalition to Reduce, to reduce spending. spending, which I keep forgetting. Um, but it's an interesting thing, a way of looking at things. Um, basically, they've decided to go through, because we all know they spend a lot, right? They decided to go through and look at how much spending are these people approving with their votes. So if you vote yes on every spending proposal, you're going to be at the top of the list with the most spending. And if you're a person who votes to cut spending in Washington, you're going to be, uh, you know, the best uh, uh, spending cutter, the people who I think we'd be most friendly with. The list has come out uh, for 2018, and it's pretty interesting. Um, first of all, in the Senate, the worst, uh, it's a tie. Uh, you could not spend more than $1.932 trillion, sadly. Uh, that's the maximum you could have spent if you voted yes on every single proposal, and many, many did. Tom Carper, Joe Manchin, Chris Coons. Again, Manchin's an interesting one. Supposedly, remember we're hearing this, he's this moderate guy, and he's basically a Republican uh, not so much. $1.932 trillion. Chris Coons, Timothy Kane, Maggie Hassan, Mark Warner, Gary Peters from Michigan. Um, and you see those are all Democrats, as you might expect. Uh, the other page of the worst, uh, Heidi Heitkamp, who's now gone, Jean Shaheen, uh, Shaheen uh, Joe Donnelly, and Angus King, who's an independent but actually really a Democrat. All Democrats, all $1.932 trillion. The best? You're not going to be surprised by the two best. The only two senators in the entire Senate to lower spending, Rand Paul, cut $161 billion with his votes, and Mike Lee, $151 billion. No surprise of those two. And I think, you know, you kind of know right off the bat who the senators are who really care. The House, it's going to be the kind of the same picture, I think. These are the only, I think it was a total of uh, five that actually cut spending. Justin Amash was number one on the list, cut $164.7 billion. Thomas Massey just behind him at 164.6. 
Uh, Jimmy Duncan from Tennessee, 144.3 billion. Raul Labrador, 118, and Morgan Griffith cut 38 billion dollars. But again, five, we have seven people out of 535 that voted to cut spending. And it was only in the billions, and it, the, the first number started with a one. Yeah, it was a trillion. So, I mean, they... No, no, no. Cutting. Oh, yeah, It was yeah. 161 yes. was the highest number. It was the best and that number. was a billion. Mm-hmm. 161 billion cut. The others, the bad ones, are 1 trillion 900 million. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, this is, I think you'll the find... cupboards are bare. Right, exactly. I think you'll find this interesting. The house worst. Now, again, 1.932 trillion, a bunch of people tied for it. However, look at the letters on these. It's not all Democrats. It's two. It's right at the top, two Republicans. No, but, no, but it's New York and New Jersey. It is. However, Republicans are doing this. But they're not really Republicans. They're New York and New Jersey. Well, Republicans had control of the House. Yeah, I know. So it is significant, and they did vote most of the time. You're right, obviously more liberally, but most of the time with, with the administration and with Republicans. Uh, that's the House. Where I think that's the, all of them that tied for $1.932 trillion. The reason why I bring that up is when you're talking about principles, right? Um, it shouldn't matter if the president is a Republican or the House is Republican, because part of this is, right, like the Republicans are picking the bills. They're the ones picking the priorities. So the fact that uh, Republicans would vote for those priorities, like Democrats, we don't want to spend money, but they might not want to spend money on the same things as, as Republicans. But you should be looking to cut the size of government no matter who is in charge. Uh, if your party is, contr- is in control, that's the time you really could cut the size of government. And we just gave you these seven names of the people who actually tried to do it uh, with any sort of uh, efficient credibility. Well, yeah, any credibility. Anyone who wants to come to you next time and say, well, I'm, I'm for cutting spending and shrinking government. Look at those numbers. The seven out of 535. That is an absolute embarrassment. Um, you guys were bantering on about the uh, Republicans in New York and New Jersey, but it does make me wonder if you're a Republican in New York, what are you a Republican for if not fiscally? Because we know it's not socially, right? right? So, yeah. like, why else would they be a Republican in a place like no, New it's, York it's, if it's it a wasn't fiscal? In, the, in some states, it's a one-party system. Is it just to to be able to run against the incumbent Democrat? Yeah, I think so. Really? I mean. There's not that much different now. There are socialists now that are running, yeah. and but it's not like even Texas. If you're pretty much a Republican, it used to be almost uh, a one-party system here in Texas to where the Democrats were very Republican or the Republicans were kind of like, you know, Kay Bailey Hutchinson. Right. Um, but now yeah. it's starting in Texas, it's starting to be socialists against Kay Bailey Hutchinson. And to go back to your old Overton window book, uh, Glenn, it's like, look at where the Overton window is. If you would think, okay, one party wants to create, uh, increase spending, one party wants to decrease it. That's kind of where I I think in our minds as voters, what we kind of think is going on. The Overton window is no, seven people want to cut it. 528 want to increase it. That is the Overton window. That is how screwed up it is. And that's why our spending is so out of control. There's almost no one actually trying to do this in all of Congress. I, I, all this money out there floating around, and Glenn Beck is falling on hard times. I know. I mean, that's what concerns <laughs> me him. most. Mm-hmm. Really. All right, we got to take <laughs> a break. Let <laughs> me get to a dollar. <laughs> this is 
of you who are watching and not listening on podcast may have noticed that we are all matching today. We have the... Oh my gosh, did you guys all call each other? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we called your wife. (laughs) That's right. She said it out. She said it out. Uh, But so Covington Strong, we have these shirts available. We also have hats available at The Blaze shop. It is shop.theblaze.com. Get one and show your support for these kids because the media is not really uh, helping. Not the, the idea of these shirts is just it's it's time to stand, and it's time to surround these kids and just say, "We're with you. We are absolutely with you. I don't care what anybody else says, and I'd like you to take pictures of you in your in your shirt, and so we can post them. Let them know." Yeah, let them know because no one else will. Uh, We've got a lot to come up next in overtime. We're going to talk about all the crazy abortion laws being passed and trying to be passed. So stay tuned. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Before we get into it, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So if you are in the market to buy or sell your home right now, listen up. We get um, all kinds of email. This is a company that my wife and I started really out of frustration um, because we know if we were having a hard time, everybody else had to have a hard time. And um, my wife would just say every day, you know how much I hate keeping this house perfect just in case the real estate agent calls? When are we going to sell this uh, stupid house? Especially uh, the kids. Especially well, the, sh- the kids, oh, yeah. right? The showings are going on. That is all awful. you hear about. <laughs> I know. Don't, don't put that uh, there. We got to oh, shut up. Really? <laughs> we actually live here. We I have know, to do things in the house. So anyway, so we started realestateagentsitrust.com because I figured out as I was doing work with some of the, Wall Street Journal does this thing of the, I think it's the top 500 real estate agents in the country. And in in doing work with them, I started talking to them about what are the secrets, and I realized the secret really is advertising. And not advertising them, not the one that you see on the bus or the face on on the bench, but the ones who know how to market houses. They're the ones. And they spend more than most real estate agents even earn in a year. Um, and, uh, and that's the, that's the real secret. So we started finding those real estate agents and then we started saying, which ones have you listened to our show, agree with, you know, our principles, not politically, but our principles got them together. Those are, we're a referral service. These are the people we trust that will treat you right. Know your market and sell your house. That is realestateagentsitrust.com. You can go there now. All right, Chad, everyone I feel has gone crazy. New York's no, crazy. crazy. There's, what, uh, Vermont, I think, who's going crazy, trying to make abortion a constitutional right? Yeah, can't, can't be done. You know, assisted suicide, border crisis, abortions. Don't liberals just kill you? <laughs> I mean, it's really crazy. It really it's funny that a couple of weeks ago they were, they were barking about how much children's lives matter down at mm-hmm. the border. And now they're applauding at your right to... Kill a child at nine months at, at forty weeks of yeah, it's just absolutely crazy. Not With only a that, lethal injection. No not only less. that, they're t- talking about mothers' rights and women's rights, and yet they're the same people that when mom says, "You know what? We don't want this treatment for our child," the state comes in and takes that child away because they know better. So they're pushing for women's rights to kill 
But a woman who says, no, I don't think my six-year-old should have to have a sex change if they say they want one, the state has to take you away because you don't have a choice to say that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's... it's <clears throat> They're monsters. It, it, it really monsters. is a deal. Don't, don't, don't talk to me about sanctity of choice in life and all of these different things that are out there if you're going to do something that's this monstrous. I mean, let's face it. This is the height of demonic activity on the human planet, I mean, amongst humanity on the planet, you can't get any more evil, uh, any more tragic. Than, and, but the, the attempt to justify it in so many different well, ways. Turned, the attempt to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. To Cuomo celebrate. said, we want to celebrate. This is not, Roe versus Wade was first trimester. This is, I can stick scissors in the baby's head as they're halfway out of the birth canal and kill it. This is murder. New York and we're is celebrating gone. it. Look, as as a good friend of mine said in an article today, they have now downgraded from Nineveh to Sodom in New York. Mm-hmm. It is it is truly gone back to the most perverted days of Rome. Uh, there is no sanctity of human life. You want to you want to stop school shootings. You want to stop this this incessant violence that is so senseless. Put some sanctity back on human life again. People these days, this generation has been taught that it's okay to murder a child and you can just use another name for it in the sake of convenience. They are sacrificing these children on the altar of convenience. And I'm telling you, it's it's a horrible, horrible thing. And you will never, we will never see uh, a curb to violence and the senseless things that go on in this country until we put some emphasis back on the power of life. You are more right than perhaps you even know. In the Netherlands, they have been going down this trail for a while. Um, and this is the trail that they went down right before the Nazis did it. The Netherlands led the way for genetic you know, uh, experiments and, and killing of kids um, before Germany did. So they're going down this same road. And now what they found, they've had it since, I think, 2007 for euthanasia. And you can die if you just don't want to die anymore. Well, here's what they found. In the latest research, they have found that a full 25-plus percent, it's about 28%, I think, but let's just be cautious, 25% of, the, of all of the deaths in the Netherlands every year euthanized. 25% of the population is euthanized. And here's what's happened. It's getting so bad now that the laws are that you have to write it out. You know, if I, if I start to go senile or if I'm in a lot of pain, uh, if, I, if I don't hit this benchmark, if I don't recognize my family, I want you to kill me. The latest outrage in the Netherlands is a woman who made that in her will years ago. Um, And uh, when she got to that point, the doctors came in and said, okay, well, Tuesday's going to be your last day. And she said, wait, what are you talking about? Well, it's in your your medical records that you want to die if this is happening. (laughs) No, you know what? I don't feel that way now. I don't feel that way. Well, but you've hit all the criteria, and we can't reverse that. It's the law. No, I don't want to. They actually had, they brought the family in to assist, and they held her down, strapped her in while she was saying, no, I don't want to die, and they killed her. If we don't turn around, we are going to make the Nazis look like rookies. The West is going insane. 
Um, That's a little bit tough to swallow. Uh, So here in America, talking about what's going on in the Netherlands, and, you know, Chad, you mentioned um, we need to have our young generation put any kind of um, credence to life to even value it at all, right? But Vermont... They, uh, the bill that's being proposed right now is in Vermont State is the General Assembly intends this act to safeguard the right to abortion in Vermont by ensuring that right is not denied, restricted, or infringed by a governmental entity. Every individual who becomes pregnant has the fundamental right to choose to carry a pregnancy to term, give birth to a child, or to have an abortion. And then later on it says... A fertilized egg, embryo, or fetus shall not have independent rights under Vermont law. Doesn't sound like people are really going the way you're saying that they need to go. It sounds like pretty much the opposite. Because if we're teaching our younger generation that fetuses have no independent rights, and that's what we're passing through, you know, all of these states, how are we supposed to teach our children about life and to value it at all? Whenever a male sperm fertilizes a female egg, the DNA that is the ultimate blueprint for the entire rest of your life until death is immediately imprinted. So, yes, life begins at conception. That has to be communicated with whatever platform we can use, whatever fight we have to use to use that language to communicate that with all of the blowback that's going to come at us. We have to do it. I mean, we have to do it. You've got to continue to push. I, I you know, we have a mutual friend in, in James Robinson. James Robinson was a product of rape, mm-hmm. you know, and he has an incredible story of, of how his mother, who was going to have an abortion, chose to have him instead. And in the, in the millions of lives that have been affected by him and his leadership and his faith. You know, there's stories like that that we have to tell. And it's by those people. I have a niece who at the age of 17 was going into an, a Planned Parenthood and a gentleman stopped her on the street and, and spoke with her about life and, and the importance of the life she was carrying. That child, my, my great niece, is now 16 years old, beautiful. She's active in school, sports, all of these things, living a vivacious life. is incredible. She's a beautiful person. Those are the stories that people have to be reminded of. They have to. Look, I, my heart goes out for people who go through rape and, and who go through health issues and these things. And we can list and insert all these things that we list off. You know, well, what if your daughter? It's amazing to me. And I have three daughters. I have three beautiful daughters. And let me tell you. They always want to go to that, that hardest thing. Well, what if your daughter? Well, it doesn't matter if it's my daughter, your daughter, anybody's daughter, or some orphan out there. It's still a human life that you're carrying. And you cannot just on the basis of, again, 98% of all of them done on the basis of convenience as a form of birth control. It's got to be, we got to stand up and say, no, I don't care what fight comes my way. That is always going to be bar none the fight that I'll be willing to stand into. Still, you know, we talked, uh, I guess it was last week or earlier this week on the show about the poll numbers that you found that show that most Americans are not okay with this, right? Most Americans do not agree with this. So why is it that this keeps happening? I think right now, this right now we're in a period of people realizing that they need to position themselves. I think Cuomo clearly is thinking about a presidential run and wants to show how far left he is. It's not to say that there aren't some people. I mean, it's about 14% of Americans believe in third trimester Wait, abortion. So, so, why, so why is that how he positions himself if that's not how the majority of Americans... Well, because think. he needs to win the primary, right? I mean, he needs to be, get to the left of Kamala Harris somehow, and it's difficult to do. So, I mean, I think that's part of it. I think part of it is politics. 
Um, can, I, can I just say, can I say in that? Evil. Yeah, because you're exactly right. And can I say that if you'll notice, every political, every person on the left who's coming out and, and is going to say that we're going to run for president, they always start their campaigns with an apology. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, oh, yes, I was strong on guns back then, but I apologize for that yeah. now because I, I wasn't empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so many have done that. So I think what he's doing is he's going to go so far left, he's going to say, I don't have to apologize for anything. Yeah. I'm your guy. Yeah. I'm so far out there. I'm everything Donald Trump is not. Yeah, and I think it's true. Like, you, you made some really compelling arguments about, like, you know, people who really? survived this and really changed the world. And it's happened over and over and over again. But we have to also step back and say the principle is a lot of the people who don't get aborted are going to be awful. Some of them will be criminals. Some of them will be dolts. Some will be, like, you know, annoying uh, boy band members. All <laughs> of the things that come out of an abortion and some of them live. You know what? All of them deserve the right to do it, too. Every terrible person you will ever meet in your life deserved not to be aborted. That, like, they all deserve to have a life, and they have, all deserve to have a chance to screw it up. And that is something that should be an easy principle, a, a very low hurdle to clear for a civilized society, and yet it's, it's still in question. Yeah, let me bring it back out of, out of politics and why we have to answer this question right now. Um, Silicon Valley announced this week that you can, and this is their words, and I found it stunning that they use this language. They believe you can now download your soul. Mm. Sorry? Mm. This is something I've talked about for 25 years, still. This is Ray Kurzweil, 1992. Um, that will come to a point. They believe now that they can download your soul, which is your basic algorithm of how you think. This is really early, really early. But that is coming and that's the way it will be phrased at the same time if you're in vermont and you say this child i don't care if it's embryonic state or whatever has no right it could be a baby and at nine months it has no rights when we start to grow children in petri dishes for parts i mean take it to a crazy you know, level of all the sci-fi books that have ever been written where we're just growing people to harvest their organs. Or you could just use Planned Parenthood's business model as an example. <laughs> Great point. We've already, we've already crossed that line. Yeah. We've yeah. already crossed, crossed that line. We don't care. We don't care. You know, full gestational period is 40 weeks for a, for a human. All of my children, I have five, were born at 36 weeks and two days. It, they were early. Did they not have rights at 36 weeks and three days when they were outside of the womb in a different location? Or were they now fully functional human beings? What is the, and that's the issue. If you tell me that, that a person is not a human being because they're hiding in a closet somewhere and we just can't see them, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right because that's where we're heading. Well, the mom is keeping them alive, you know. Of course, it's all. Right. And then that stops. The minute they're outside of the womb, that stops the mom and... That, Listen, that's a fully functioning human being. If I sat here on camera, it, it, let's say you did as a female, and you pulled out a hatchet and you whacked off your arm for the world to see, you know what they'd do to you? They'd put you in a, they'd put you in a hospital somewhere. They would put you in restraints. They would, you, would, you just created, you did an illegal act, but it was your body. It was your body. Why don't you have the right to do that to yourself? See, the argument falls apart. It doesn't because that is actually being debated in places like Canada. <laughs> I swear to you. It's people who believe that they are, I'm trying to remember what it is, uh, uh, some kind of abled. Uh, and they believe that they are walking around, that they are truly handicapped 
and they they have a they are an amputee and it is being debated in in medical circles now on whether or not it's ethical for somebody who actually truly believes that they should be cripple for a doctor to remove their arm or to remove a leg a healthy leg it's being debated right now in canada ronald reagan should have never shut down the asylums These people got out on the street, procreated, and had more crazy people. That's what went on. Uh, All right. Uh, Today's the Blaze Y comment. I just, it's hard to even, I I can't wrap from this properly because we could have this conversation from now until the end of time. But you can say it this way. Covington, stay strong. Stay strong. (laughs) It's a, it's a, there's a clear cut truth. These kids did no wrong. Stand up for them. Yeah. Uh, And remember, you can tweet us your questions or comments using the hashtag TheBlazeY. Saves84 just wanted to uh, point out that it was really weird that he didn't see Savannah Guthrie asking Nathan Phillips questions like, do you feel from this experience that you owe anybody an apology? Mm -hmm. Do you see your own fault in any way? I think he's right. I didn't hear that ever uh, escape from out. Just embarrassing. They they don't even try. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. And uh, today's today's poll question: Do you think Trump should proceed with a State of the Union address on Tuesday? As yes, a yeah, yes. Stu says no. no. I know Stu no. doesn't yeah. want. I, I, no, no, I want the, the tradition. Union. I just want the letter tradition, right? From like 1912 and previous. Chad, I would like to see the letter tradition. I, yeah, you know, I, I, I wish Nancy Pelosi, of course, would put it to a House vote and let's go from no, there. No, 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 no. Wait, I but, may, I, maybe I may not make myself clear. I don't want Nancy Pelosi or anybody in the House to show up. Right. I want right. him just to do it anyway. Yeah. I want him to go outside. I want him to go to the Senate. I'm thinking long you know, term. I want yes. him to yes. break this tradition. I want See, two hours of my life saved every year. I want this thing <laughs> gone from ever. Not just if Trump. Yeah. You know, Trump is going to give an interesting one at least. At least he's entertaining. But like the next ten presidents are all going to suck on this, and I don't. I don't you want don't any think of them. Beto dressed as a goat would do an interesting. <laughs> Uh, State of the Union address? Maybe. Why would he be? Uh, the circus says it is. Leave it. Yeah. <laughs> let you us know seen that at video? Blaze's Twitter. We're going to hit that tomorrow. There's, yeah. there's a video that surfaced him dressed as a goat in a spandex outfit. Uh, no. Singing. No. no I, I want no part of that. There. No part of <laughs> that. Saying, let us know at the Blaze's Twitter. At the Blaze. See you guys tomorrow. They'll, they'll be like, that wasn't that. That wasn't that. That was when he was Robert Prince. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.